This episode of Strange Assembly is brought to you by www.l5rsearch.com. L5rsearch.com is a comprehensive online L5R card database with tools to assist in optimizing your decks, proxying cards, or simply finding out about unusual cards. Once you know what you need, www.l5rshop.com puts cards in your hands quickly and economically. This is Strange Assembly, episode 114, Gates of Chaos. Welcome to Strange Assembly, your tabletop gaming podcast. This is an exciting Legend of the Five Rings episode, back to basics with Gates of Chaos. I am Chris Stevenson, here with me today... As usual, are Jay Earl, hey, and Mike Cook. Hello. Although maybe this isn't going to be all that basic because I find it kind of pointless to do a detailed set review of Gates of Chaos because for Emperor Edition, most of the cards are useless, and for Ivory Edition, we're beyond no idea clueless. Yeah. So. Well. To be fair, that's usually the case, but this is even worse than usual. I know. (laughs) So I I thought it would be helpful for those who have not been meticulously keeping track of everything to give a nice recap of what we know so far about the changes. I don't know that I have anything else to add commentary-wise, but Jay and Mike might want to chime in, so... Let's see. Power level. It's going to be lower. Hooray! I would say that the general theme of these changes is complexity good, complication bad. You know, we want to make changes to the game that will maintain the strategic complexity of it while removing pointless ticky-tack stuff that adds little or nothing while making the rules more complicated, while creating an extra barrier to entry. Personalities cost what they say. When you look at your personality, it says he costs 7 gold. He costs 7 gold. There is no more clan discount. There is no more paying 2 more to proclaim. You just get to proclaim once per turn for free. There is no more paying 2 more to ignore honor requirements. We are back to, we're going to be back to not having a blood money rule. As part of that, Reese has indicated generally that you can't get locked out by the other player. You can lock yourself out, but you can't get locked out by the other player. There are no starting holdings anymore. Oh, sorry. Um, You also proclaim once per turn for free. He said that. Oh, you did? Okay, well, never mind then. Sorry. There are no starting holdings anymore, but the rule book does give you a dynasty side mulligan. Strongholds are double-sided. That's right, double-sided. But you probably didn't forget that already. One side for going first, one side for going second. Hopefully this will help fix some of the weaknesses of going second, uh, especially since they can now make them more match-up specific. There are now only three phases a turn. Action, attack, dynasty. Everything that used to be broken off into its own little separate phase is now just part of those. The free Dynasty card types are all either gone or substantially changed. Celestials are gone. Regions are gone. Events no longer resolve when they're flipped up. They sit in the province, and then they have an action printed on them, 
and you know it's limited you discard the card do whatever gold splitting is i guess here it seems weird but yeah there is no more chunky gold you do not have to sit there and spend five minutes figuring out exactly what combination of holdings actually buys the personalities you want you bow for 12 gold you spend 12 gold have a nice day you do still have to keep track of it between phases. The Your gold pool will empty as it was. I can't wait for this. It doesn't really feel like a big deal when you play L5R and you've been playing it for a while, but I think it's fantastic. Reactions are going to be are gone. There are no more reactions. They are now engages, which you play when engaging, and there are interrupts when you which you play when some when an action is being taken but before it resolves. So no more reacting in the middle of cost payments, no more reacting in the middle of targeting, no more reacting in the middle of effects resolving, no more God only knows what the timing window on anything is. There's just the two timing windows, cards are shorter, everything is simpler. Hooray. There are no rule book exceptions to the rules of presence and location. Strategy cards do not have gold costs anymore. If there's a stra- if there's a gold cost, it's listed as part of the ability on the card. Followers do not have honor requirements anymore. The honor gain for destroying enemy cards during battle resolution is always two, regardless of whether or not you won the battle or tied it. Equipping is an open. There are going to be a lot more keywords and symbols. I also think this is great. There's an icon for bow this card. There's an icon for paying gold instead of having can be used even when bowed. There will just be a tireless keyword instead of having any number of times per turn. It'll just say repeat battle or whatever. If a card ignores the rule of location, instead of saying can be used even when at home, it will just say home battle. If it's something that you can use even when you don't have presence, it will say absent battle. The keywords with rulebook baggage, like Cavalry and Naval Tactician, are going to be bolded so players can tell them apart from flavor keywords. Again, doesn't really matter if you're a long-standing player. It could be a, a big deal for new players. Fortifications are back. So instead of having free regions that attach during a special phase, we'll just have holdings that you can attack later that they can actually give a gold cost to. Sensei are back. Each clan will just get one stronghold, but then we'll be using Sensei instead to adjust things to be thematically. This will also let them give every clan a new Sensei, every single expansion, because you can do that with only two or three Sensei because they can be multi-clan. I'm not even going to go through the legality system again, but it's much better. Mechanically distinct promos are going to be greatly reduced. Reese said they might be eliminated. I don't think that's going to happen, but all expansions will be 36-pack boxes, 15, 16, whatever, card packs. And they're making a big effort to make drafting better. Did I leave anything out there? Uh, nope. That's all I can think of. Did you mention that you can proclaim once per turn? <laughs> uh, I guess I should at least say what the legality thing is. Okay. Well, let's do this in magic term. Alpha will have blocks. Each block takes a calendar year. And instead of having big, massive two-year rotations where you get two years into an arc and it's stagnant and nobody wants to buy the last expansion that's not legal before whatever, you'll just have all the cards that come out in 2014 will be legal in 2014 and 2015. Then they'll rotate out. 
and all the cards that come out in 2015 will be legal in 2015 and 2016, and then they'll rotate out. So you'll have a more continuous rotation. Your cards are legal for just as long, but you've limited the extrema. So you will no longer have cards that are legal for two and a half years, but you'll also no longer have cards that are only legal for eight months. I don't know if there's anything in there that I dislike. There's some things I'm kind of indifferent about, but there's several of them that are fantastic. So I'm really excited to play Ivory Edition. Yeah. I know. Let's get that now. Yes. Well, I asked Reese about that. I did actually ask him about that. So. Right. But, but now we're on to Gates of Chaos. And the first thing is they're doing stuff for draft. Now, Gates of Chaos has not implemented all the stuff that they're doing for draft. But clearly you can see that Gates of Chaos, and actually Torn of Sunder, Torn of Sunder as well, uh, was done with some different philosophy at lower rarities to help out in draft. You don't, for example, have ranged attacks at common. Because guys that say battle ranged four are unbelievably good in draft. So we have done a Gates of... We, we did the Gates of Chaos draft, and then we also... Last week, uh, randomly went back and did a mixed bag of Emperor Edition draft. And I guess randomly is, Chris has loose packs, and this seemed like a good thing to do with them. I was actually quite happy. We had a couple of guys who were either brand new or hadn't played in years drawn in by the possibility of by getting to to draft without having to pay for the packs. So, so what did you guys think about the Gates of Chaos draft and our uh, little random draft? I think Emperor, in general, actually is still fairly fun to draft, but you could definitely tell the difference going between Emperor and Gates of Chaos. We actually went the other way, but because Gates of Chaos already is, in a lot of the cards, implemented the idea of this is going to work generally, and then it will have a kicker if you have something that it needs, or, you know, that it wants to see. Not every action in uh, Gates is a winner, obviously, but there are definitely... It's harder to get locked out. Right, it doesn't feel like, oh, I'm looking at this pack, I have neither ninjas, paragons, nor scouts. Which dead card would I like of these six? And even the uh, ones that are specifically meta, like uh, Mukadari's Wisdom, which lets you straighten or bow a target ring, uh, that's not very good in draft, but at least it's karmic, so you can cycle it out if you manage not to draft anything else you're going to run. Oh, yeah, it, it was hilarious. I had forgotten how bad even Emperor was about that. I was, I think Celestial was a better draft base set. Yeah. And so I was kind of thinking back to that, and I'm like, well, the expansions are bad, but at least the base set is solid. But in Emperor, even the even the expansions, maybe because probably because they were actually trying to support all the themes for all the clans instead of having half of them being, you know, dead on arrival. You, there's just nothing. You'd go through these packs. I mean, I really made a very concerted effort over... So we opened two Emperor Edition packs. I think we had two Emperor a Before the Dawn and Embers of War and a Seeds of Decay or, or something like that. So we were, there were plenty of cards, and I made a concerted effort to draft fate cards rather than dynasty cards. And yet, and and I was able to pretty early on identify that I was going to be playing an honor deck that had both courtiers and shugenja in it. So I could actually take spells and actually take courtier cards. And despite all that, I got to the end and I 
parse out my cards into this way I usually do is I'm like, these are cards I definitely want in my deck. These are cards I might want in my deck. And these are cards I don't want in my deck. And the pile of cards that I definitely wanted in the deck and the cards of piles that I might maybe want in my deck was 20 <laughs> for the <Yeah>. fake deck. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, I made I made sure that my entire fake deck was definitely playable. Some of it was still keyword specific, like duelists. I had like five or six duelists, I think. Oh, that's and that's more than enough. And that's more than enough, but still, there's always the possibility. And I only had like two cards that relied on duelists, but they actually did something that wasn't a duel. It was a superior opponent, I think, or, or it was. It's the one where you bow someone whose force is equal to or less than your chi. Yeah. Unlimited should not be a problem. Them and their followers. So, so my deck was. Basically entirely playable, but it still is not what I would say, like, super great. Well, I mean, th- that's okay, I mean, because nobody's yeah. deck was super great, right? So, uh... I, I did the same thing as you, as, uh, like, I uh, prioritized Fate over Dynasty, and there were a lot of packs. Or <laughs> it didn't matter if I was trying to do that, there was nothing in that pack you wanted to grab. Yeah, what was kind of interesting, too, the way that that works meant that you, like, the signaling was terrible. Yeah. Because you weren't taking personalities. I just happened to know specifically because I had, like I said, I'm like, okay, I'm playing a Sonor deck with Courtiers and Shigenso, so clearly I'm doing Crane, but I, I think having talked to Mike after that, what basically happened is that I was not actually taking the Crane guys that early, and so at some point Mike was like, oh, these Crane personalities for good for Honor deck keep coming around. I guess I'll start drafting them. And then all of a sudden, I was not getting any of them around. And that's something you usually want to do in a draft is, okay, if you're going for this, you just start taking all those cards, and then the people downstream see that nothing is coming for that sort of strategy. And so when you get into later packs, they're not going to take it. Curses. (laughs) Because I was actually going for more of a cavalry build, because that's what I've had luck with in the past with draft. And I had gotten a couple of really pretty decent cavalry people, including the crane guy that bows you if your personal honor is lower, bow or straighten somebody whose personal honor is less than his. I was like, okay, I got them, and I've got the lion, so I can maybe do a switch deck or something. But then I kept seeing the four personal honor guys going around, and I'm like, well, this guy's actually got an ability. Okay, I'll grab him, and then, well, I guess I'm doing an honor deck. Yeah. Like, I got a whole bunch of crane, and they have a whole bunch of fours, and they're not that expensive. Uh, yes, but I enjoy doing the draft. I, I I think we've kind of forgotten, in or at least I had kind of forgotten in precise terms, like how long Emperor has felt kind of flailing for us. I mean, I I know that sort of mentally, I I think of it as like really I can say with with the first expansion is where Emperor seemed like it started to lose control and. When I was working on the XML files for the, the split up and be like, okay, so which, which past episodes go in the L5R feed? Which ones go in the Netrunner feed? Which ones go in the gaming feed? And, you know, I'm looking at the little descriptions in the XML file of what we're talking about in that episode. And man, you just start to see immediately in, in summer of, of 2012. I mean, that's just already just filling up our topics like power level. Power curve above there, you know, just all this stuff about about Emperor and yeah, they that just really got out of hand really fast. It's really nice to have the 
the alternate stuff to to go to. Except it'll be awesome to play Emperor Edition one last time at Ivory Championships. I'm sure. Yes. So everybody's coming to that. I can only assume. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, drafting was fun, and I actually have enough left. I have enough left that we can do it again. I uh, uh, we can't do that particular array of packs again. I don't remember what we have left, but yeah, I mean, I don't think it really matters that much. And uh, Jeff, who was hanging around after we were done, I ended up playing a demo game with him, so he is now apparently very interested in playing as well. So. That'd be cool. That's right, because he's a he's a netrunner guy, right? Netrunner and card card fight vanguard. Okay. Okay, so so Gates of Chaos, like I said, we're not going to go and go over everything or even stuff for Ivory Edition because I don't think we really can. So the question then is, okay, of the stuff in Gates of Chaos, what actually seems relevant for Emperor Edition? And, of course, the first place to start is stuff that doesn't have an Ivory bug, and not even all that is great. It's like, okay, yeah, Blood of Shahai. It's a Celestial, so it doesn't have an Ivory Bug, but they just smacked around the Chi Death stuff. So, a new perspective, Battle 2 Gold, One Force Follower on all your guys, and then Glassworks, a 2 for 2 holding that just gives plus 1 Force to all of your items. Those seem like that they could have a role. I mean, Glassworks, a Kensei deck, I guess, is where you're looking at actually playing enough items for that to matter. And even then... You're gonna have a hard time because you really need stuff like productive mine. Right. The four for four holding that's karmic. Yeah, productive mine. Productive mine. I think that's the chase rare right now out of the set. Yeah, I think that would be. I mean, I understand why it's a rare, but kind of stinks. Oh well, whatever. Yeah, and I think probably that and the two for two that doesn't honor hit are gonna be the two chase rares. That's my opinion, at least. Yeah, and that's, uh, it's exquisite silkworks. Yeah, exquisite yes. silkworks. It's just, it's just what, limited? They lose, target a dishonorable guy, they lose an honor? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, go, that's it. Go about good. it. No, don't even no. go for it. Oh, okay. No. no. That's part of no, that's right, that's right, you don't. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, that fact makes it actually probably playable right now. Yeah, it's just free honor hit. If, you have a dishonorable right. guy? Uh, take an honor hit. Yeah. So, it's a more borderline one, but I could see Asahina Kitiaru XP getting used. You know, kind of, I just keep bringing back my Ring of Fire to defend and blow up your best unit attacking. He's not just a monk, he's a courtier. He's got high chi, so he can rhetoric anything. He's got four personal honor. I, maybe he could have a place in there? Yeah, I mean, it's not outside of realm of possibility. Yeah, I mean, probably mostly just 5G Cordier for red, but... Well, I mean, he lets you get rid of a useless, potentially useless meta card for something you will almost always be useful. Yeah, and uh, the Crane also have Daidoji Soken and the the Unicorn God Ide Hinobu. Right now, with the in-cold discount still in effect, these guys are four gold personalities that bow to produce three, so they're, like, Super holdings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I managed to get a couple copies of both in the draft and they were great. Oh, yes, they're, they're nuts. Even in draft, they are stupendous. Marika, 
her ability is ludicrous. Open, bow her, bow someone. There's a lot of open straighten, so maybe that doesn't work out in Emperor, but that's an amazing ability. Obviously, yeah, in and of herself, she is not going to be taking any provinces, but you're, you're trading her for your opponent's best personality every turn. That guy can't attack, and he's not going to be available to defend. Right. Especially if your opponent is playing with attachments. Like I said, th- there's enough straighten, there's enough open straighten, and there's enough move in and straighten unit that, that maybe that's not the end of the world. But still. And she's even a Shugenja. So, and then the last one I, I noted out was Moshi Rukia, who's actually seems playable in Emperor. I mean, her ability is battle, bow an enemy card without attachments, destroy it if it's an attachment. And she's naval. Yeah. That is an Emperor ability. How is that on an ivory legal card? But I guess because she's only got three fours for eight, but... That's, I think that's playable in Emperor, and it's, I think she's gonna be ludicrous in. I'm probably using, I think, I've, I feel like I'm using the word ludicrous a lot lately, but she's gonna be just really outstanding in Ivory Edition. Yeah. Plus, she disagrees with me about the Thunder Dragon. <laughs> I'm just gonna have to have arguments with, with cardboards, like, I mean, is there anything else that we could say about Gates of Chaos right now that's not just hints about the, like, the, the, apparently there's a hot war that's the... Well, or at least for me, it feels like Sepun's Blessed Blade is potentially useful because it's five gold for, in the deck you're using it for, either three or four force, and it's got two chi bonus. Yeah, I mean... There's two cards you didn't mention that I want to mention. One is Unsettling Gathering. Oh, yeah. The ability to steal attachments always seems fairly strong to me. Uh, yeah. And then the other one is Constructing the Self, which is one of those cards that I feel like Greg Wong is going to win a championship with. <laughs> I don't know how, I don't see it, but I feel like it's one of those cards, you know? Well, I, I don't know about that one. Uh, unsettling Gathering is pretty stupendous. I'm not sure about it now because, well, one, Kalani's Landing is gone, so you don't just get to play it for free. True. And I don't know how attachment-heavy things are really going to be shaking out, but for Ivory, I, I imagine it'll be fantastic. Right, I mean, that's the thing with its Emperor Strength is I'm not sure how attachment-heavy the environment's going to shake out either, but if the environment shakes out attachment-heavy, Unsettling Gathering becomes an amazing card. Yeah. Yeah. Heck, it used to, we used to play cards that are like, pay X, destroy an attachment. <laughs> you know, granted those were like battle opens instead of limiteds, but stealing is much better than destroying. Right. Anything you wanted to add in, Mike, except that, you know, you'd be like, oh my gosh, you're the happiest about Crane that you've been in, uh, like a year and a half? Well, yeah, I, I will be whenever we, uh, whenever we roll over. <laughs> Did we uh, already roll yeah, I mean, over I, a few months ago? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you meant when the legality rolls over. Oh, my bad. 
Yes. <laughs> uh, anyhow. Oh, well, it's Crane. That's what we do. Anyhow. Okay, see, now, this would be the part of the episode where I would like to talk about what's come out of tournament results, but, um, that's really going to be hard to do, because, like, there's, there's normal tournaments. mystery. Yeah, well, there's there's normal tournaments, and then there's big deck stuff, and so, right, the fact that Crab beats Crane in the finals of a big deck tournament says nothing about what's good in, in Emperor Edition right now. It's not Kote season, so people aren't posting as much information. Yeah, Phoenix Enlightenment won a European tournament, and of course, no one will post anything whatsoever about right. the deck because it's L5R and you have to hide everything even after you've played it in public. I mean, I, I know why they want to hide it, because they want to use it at Eurochamps, but eh. Well, my question is, so if an Enlightenment deck won, what was the other guy at the tournament playing? I'd have to look. They're making me look stuff up in the middle of... Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm making a joke that there were two players. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Apparently Chris doesn't get... Let's move along. Because Enlightenment is so bad that you would only win a tournament with two people? Yes. This is the joke. That was the bad joke. Yes. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> this is Jay. Yes, I was going to say, have you not met me? <laughs> Oh, wait, that's right. Man, Kamina seems bad even, like, in... I don't know, maybe not. Range 3 attack, range 4 if it's lion or unaligned. I mean, it doesn't bow for it, and that seems like a lot of cards are bowing for a ranged attack that are one below their current strength. Well, I guess I guess if the average card is 3, then that's going to kill most cards. Anyways, for 11 gold and 4 force. And above box. I don't know. Crane won the Atlantic City, 27 players. Palmer got second with Yogo Towers. But anyhow. With Yogo Towers? Yogo Towers. Second place with, yes, oh, Yogo oh, oh, Towers. Oh, because that's the big deck one. No. No. Well, that's not. Tur- Honor and Treachery. Yogo Towers is back, baby. Oh, yeah. that's right. Deck design by Palmer and Donnie and Lap. So... Phoenix won Jade Championships, and based on the really painful translation that I'm getting of the Spanish posting, they the girl who does the infinite ranged attacks was chosen because she has a large chest. Come on, people. We we have actually hot Phoenix people. You don't have to pick us all a broken neck for the privilege. <laughs> She's really, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyhow, so... There's your uh, social commentary for the day. Find a better reason to pick people. I'm not even... If you want to pick attractive women, that's fine. Pick attractive women. Don't pick breasts. (laughs) Don't pick really weird-looking person just because they have large breasts. That's not... Attractiveness is one thing, but that's... uh, uh, yeah, Asawa Kaname. Yes. No, yeah, she... <laughs> yeah, it's it's not, like, broken neck, right? Like, her her right shoulder is... I don't know what's... Yeah, they're clearly... Um, yeah, there's an issue with... Sorry. Sorry, Edwin. Anyhow. So, I guess that's... That's really what we've got for 
L5R and Gates of Chaos right now. We shall see what happens when we get enough data to actually have a pseudo-meaningful statistics post. I'll do that. I don't know if that's going to happen because... I don't know when that's going to happen because there's big deck stuff and people not posting as much information and... I don't know. I would like to go to South Carolina also on the 19th, but I'm pretty sure that I'm not going to be able to leave my wife by herself with a three-year-old and a one-month-old. I'm pretty sure that is not going to fly. That'll be fine, just have the three-year-old watch the one-month-old. That works, right? Yes, it works fantastically. But anyhow, with that bit of uh, whining about me not uh, being able to go... So... That is your strange assembly for today. That was Gates of Chaos. We'll try to come up with something, you know, more useful to say before Aftermath comes out. Or the middle of November when Reese has wrapped up what I think are all the really pertinent design diaries. The December 1st one is card complexity, which I think is going to be... Yeah, it's lower. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So... For Mike Cook and Jay Earl, I am Chris Stevenson, and you've been listening to Strange Assembly. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or by visiting our website at strangeassembly.com. You have the option of subscribing to everything we do, or if you just want to hear our L5R episodes, you can. we now have a feed that is just the L5R episodes. We always uh, like to hear from you. You can leave us feedback on strangeassembly.com. There will be a blog post for this episode, or you can email me at chris at strangeassembly.com. You can also stop in and say hi at facebook.com slash strangeassembly or at strangeassembly on Twitter. Until then, never stop gaming. I am the one who knocks. <laughs>